I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. I think we're up. Okay. All right. Hi. Hello. Mom's back. Yes, I'm alive. She's alive. <laughs> O-M-G. <laughs> so I think today, Mom, I'm going to give you the floor. And this is going to be all about you. <laughs> is that okay? I guess. <laughs> whether you like it or not. I know that we've had some of our followers reach out to us and send their love um, after the last episode released, thinking of you, positive well, thank thoughts. Thank you and for so, that. Yes, thank you for that. So we want an update on how you're doing, what's going on, what's the latest and greatest, how are you feeling? So I'm feeling okay. I think because of everything that's going on, it's just so many different changes, but I'm doing okay. So let's do a recap of what happened last episode. So mom, if you're catching up, if you didn't make it to the last one, which is totally fine. Mom was diagnosed. Well, grandma Carmen was diagnosed with breast cancer and she Mm -hmm. was giving us some very preliminary information. And I know all of you know what that is like. It's preliminary, but it's so much. It is a lot. They can only give you so much before they get in there and see everything, before they do the biopsy, before they get the results, before they do all this other testing that happens. Mm-hmm. And so mom had shared and relayed some information to us about that preliminary information, her preliminary feelings before her operation. And so let's go into how the operation went, what did they do, and then we'll go into, like, now what happened. So go for it. So originally what I had is called IDC, which is invasive ductal carcinoma plus the ductal carcinoma institute. So I had two different kinds. And I had it only on my right breast. So my left breast is the one that they saw something and then... You know, all of a sudden they're telling me that they're going to do the um, biopsy on my right side and I'm kind of confused. But it ended up where the decision was made by myself because of all the experiences that we've had, of course, you know, with the baby, with my mom, with my sister. Mm-hmm. I decided to do a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Why Why <clears throat> the double mastectomy, mom? Well, more than anything, because I think it's the most aggressive thing that you can do in order to combat this breast cancer, because they give you the option of lumpectomy with radiation. And of course, they told me 30 plus, I think what they said, radiation treatments treatments. uh after the lumpectomy. And Mm -hmm. I saw what it did to the baby. I saw what it did to my mom. I'm mm. like, I don't. And then having radiation also has its, you know, side, side effects. effects. Yeah. Long term. Uh-huh. Long term side uh-huh. effects. So I decided, you know, even though I'm old, <laughs> I'm still young enough where I can recover from this surgery. And if I wait any longer, like my mom did, it's just, you know, the older you get, the harder the surgeries sure, are. So. Sure. 
The um, more complications that could arise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I did have some. So I think the hardest part right now for me is like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's so different than what I imagined it was going to be. Interesting. It's a lot. It's so the injured area, right? So you're missing your breast. It's gone. Um it's just, it's a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be because I think, I thought I was ready to, I'm ready to do this. I can do this. I don't care what I have to do. I need to get rid of this cancer. I don't need it spreading to other parts of my body. So get it out, get it out right now. And now I'm like, holy crap, this is, you know, taking a emotional toll Yeah, that I didn't expect that it was going to be like. Got it. So the physical so hang, hang stuff. So, so if we can come back to the emotional part of it. So you decided to do a double mastectomy, if I heard you correctly. It's because you wanted it to stay away. You wanted the most impactful way for it to stay away. Correct. Why? Um, Because of our history, because of our cancer history, because of, you know, with the baby's cancer kept coming back. My mother's cancer kept coming back. Mm. I just, I didn't... I don't want to play games anymore. It's, I mean, we already know Whoa. this is what happens. We already know when you take that. I know that I can't remember the name of that um, chemo treatment that they started the baby with, but they called it the red devil. Vin Christine, Vin Christine, Some something crap on that. Like, yeah. shit. That, that's the <laughs> same stuff that they, they give us they give to the oh, okay. breast cancer they then they Yeesh. still call it the red double they called it the red double when the baby was battling they called it they're calling it the red it's double red still. in color it's red yeah it's, it's, and there are side effects like i said to yeah. everything and it's like let me think about it no yeah i mean i i thought long and hard once they gave me the diagnosis and the diagnosis was actually given to me on september the 13th okay that's a weird number to me for some reason. I couldn't remember yeah. that last time because I think there was too much going on. It's okay. And then okay. my surgery was a month later. Yeah. So you you think having the experience of your mom and the baby influenced your decision for your own treatment? Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. And I don't care what they had to do. They said... Because they didn't even offer a double mastectomy. You basically told them that's what you were right. doing. They said, this is what we would like to do. And then you also Because they have suggested a lumpectomy with, radiation. with a biopsy to see how to, how to do the treatment depending on Correct. what they and, found. And okay. it was going to be radiation because of the invasive ductal carcinoma. I because see. of the invasive, I would have had to do radiation. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you told doctors, no, instead I'm doing a double mastectomy. Yes, that they were. So this is what happened. They said, you have a choice. Number one is this is what we're going to, we would like to do. This is the one we, you know, recommend. We, we recommend. Uh -huh. Yes. Your uh -huh. second choice is, and I said, double mastectomy. He goes, double? Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could do the single. Yeah. yeah. Get them out, get them both out. What the hell? Mm. So was that a tough decision for you? I don't. So right now I can say I should have thought longer about it. But <laughs> <laughs> my whole self, fuck yeah, take them out. Get that cancer out now and before it jumps to my other side, take that one out too. Is it because cancer is scary? 
cancer is scary. Yes, I think I've so you wanted before. to do the most aggressive thing you yes. could think you could do. Yes. And was it also though to avoid like having to do radiation and chemo, like to give so, you the best chances to not have to do like the more harmful treatments? So yes, is that okay. crazy to think I wanted to avoid radiation and chemotherapy? And yes, that's because you saw it firsthand. Yes, I see what it does. We saw what it did to the baby. We no, and the other and babies mom, that we've talked to. Too. Yes, yeah. And my mom passed away after her second dose of chemotherapy. So, no, it's hard. It's hard on your body. The first thing they told us with the baby is this is going to do damage to her heart. Well, that's what happened with my mom. Mm. So, yes. Yes, wow. I'm trying to avoid all of that. Okay. I Well, that's that was fine. And, of course, if it comes back, if they find it someplace else, I, I will have no choice. Right. But I'll deal with that when it happens. Sure. At least that's what I told myself before. <laughs> I'm not even going to worry about it. But now I'm all fucked. That was a this is harder than I thought. Well, I mean, you can't foresee some of these more emotional, no. psychological uh-uh. things that were happening. But I think, Mom, to be honest, I think that you, I can only support your decision. I agree with your decision. I think for me and my, my level of relief in your decision and your, what am I trying to say? Like your mortality, I would have wanted you to the, do the most aggressive thing too. But I wasn't ever going to say that to you. I can right. say it now. But yeah. <laughs> I wanted you to come to your own decision without having any influence and it like, because not because, but I know having the diagnosis in itself and you having to process that you having to tell your kids and us being in adult form to have opinions. I just wanted you to be comfortable with your decision. And I didn't, I didn't want, I don't know anything better. I didn't know any different. But for me, I'm the same way. I think for me, it's like fight or flight. And I'm like, uh-huh. just fucking go. Let's go. Let's yes. let's put our boxing gloves on. Let's fucking go. Yes. So I didn't want to have an opinion on it. But I completely agree that, you know, that was probably the most that that was probably the decision I would have wanted for you to yeah. now seeing the ramifications of it. We'll go into it, too. And how that, you know, the residuals of that decision will will walk or talk through with mom too but i i wholeheartedly believe that like we're <laughs> our brains are very similar and we're like no fuck this we're going to just do it all take yeah. it all if if yeah. like there's no reason for us to to want to chance it right? right i think that's what it is and did you get but did you get any um like uh percentages or numbers from the doctor when you were given those options so I don't know that they actually gave me like the numbers. They just kept saying, um, we caught it early. We caught it early. Even if they would have told me numbers, it would have meant nothing to me though. Cause you already decided. I had already decided. Oh my gosh. As soon as I got the diagnosis, I was reading and, but I already had it in my head. This is what I'm going to do, but let me keep reading Google. I still love Google. I don't care what anybody says in Facebook. I think I shared this before. There's a lot of people on Facebook and Instagram with the support groups. There's so many people that are sharing their own stories. And thank goodness for that too, because there was so many pictures that people posted. So I, I wasn't like surprised for Mm -hmm. some of this stuff because I was expecting, you know, Mm -hmm. because of people sharing their stories, it helped me to understand what to expect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. Everybody that did, Today's day and age is so different when it comes to that kind of social media influence. Mm -hmm. And it's 
social media is so crazy nowadays, but I'm so glad that you had those uh, available to you to help you make a decision, to help you with your journey in Mm -hmm. the treatment and all that stuff. So you decided double mastectomy. The doctors were like, uh, okay. So you, we got you scheduled. So if you were diagnosed September 13th, I think your surgery was October 17th. Yes. We had recorded just before then. Um, you listened back to what you were feeling at that time. Um, and now we get to talk to you post-op and see how everything went. How did it go? So I, I want to say that there was little hiccups here and there. Uh, Really? Yeah, there was. What? It was, (laughs) I think after the surgery, now mind you, I, I'm only, this is hearsay because I don't remember. After the surgery, but during the surgery, everything was fine? Of course. I don't know. I was was asleep. (laughs) Okay. I was asleep, but apparently because The report said everything was fine though. Yes. That they, they took everything out of both sides. I had just made a decision because of my prior, you know, scare with my left side that, you know, I wanted that removed, but I also wanted them to remove that, um, uh, lymph node also the, okay. to make sure that there wasn't any cancer because they were just going to take it out. Of course, test the tissue. And um, because of, <laughs> I, I know I said this before, but I, I, I'm not trying to say that we don't trust doctors, but I just want to okay make sure. It's okay if you say that because, you know, there's <laughs> well, all, what they do is practice. They practice medicine. Right. It's not that they are all knowing. Sadly, they're, yes, because they're the ones that would ask us if you find articles, if you find stuff that right. of another yeah, trial, baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would let us know. Well, yeah. you're assuming that they're already doing that, but for them to also tell you that it's okay to do that, yeah, I mean, it helps reassure that, like, me, I mean, it's not reassuring because it makes me almost feel like they're they don't know what they're doing, right? But it's almost giving us an opportunity to contribute to yeah. go, you know, and that helps. They were very positive, yeah. It wasn't like they sat there going. Okay, they say okay. So you want well, us to do this? They were very do, positive. That's why people get second opinions, right? Because it's it's an opinion. It's not really well, like my a second for sure opinion. Thing. Right? My second opinion was mine. My <laughs> opinion. So when I was talking to them, and he said, "Okay, so we're gonna do. You want to do the mastectomy?" And I said, "I want to do double mastectomy." And then, okay, so we're gonna check the node. Did I, I think it's called a sentinel node, right? I think that's what it's Sure. I knew it last time we were talking because I was reading so much about it. But oh. the sentinel node, I think, is the first uh, node that the cancer goes to. And they what they, they put a dye in you so that they could follow where the first uh, node they get it. to. That, that, that would sense. be That would be where the cancer like would the be first. Like the nucleus of the cancer. Yeah, so okay. that would be the first place that it would go to. And I said, okay, so you're going to also take out the node on my left breast and they said no and I said what 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 happens if you find cancer on my left side and they go okay we understand we, you want we'll take out the node on both sides we'll test them so they did exactly what I wanted it wasn't uh-huh. like I had to fight for it it wasn't like it was basically this is what I want I want to make sure I did everything I could to make them understand that I am scared shitless of cancer. Mm-hmm. And I, because of the experiences that we've had, that makes sense to me that I want to make sure there is nothing in my press. So again, very cooperative. These guys are, I mean, 
this kid, and it was a kid that did my surgery, I'm telling you. I'm like, just because they're younger than you, mom. <laughs> Everybody's younger than I am. Um, but that's, I like I said, he did everything that I wanted, and he basically told me that I, there was nothing on my left side. They didn't find anything, but they still took it out as far as the nodule was mm-hmm. concerned, the mm-hmm. sentinel nodule. But it, it creates its own problems also. There's more problems with lymphedema. Um, so the swelling mm-hmm. and I have that swelling, um, there's a little bit more of course, because I did both sides. Like it's hard for me to move my arms and I have mm-hmm. to do certain exercises. I can't lift more than five pounds, I think is what they said, but I also can't lift my arm above my head. I can only go so far. Like now it's, I'm doing better, but in, in the beginning it's yeah. like, they call it T-Rex arms that you oh. basically <laughs> You should see it right now. <laughs> That's what you have to do in the beginning because yeah. you don't have any strength. And that even if you wanted to, <laughs> even if you wanted to, you don't have the strength to do it. And yeah. it was just, like I said, I, I had heard about that before. I, you know, it sounds funny unless it's you going through it and yeah. you just feel so like, helpless but oh, even with that I, think, I get that right now yeah. <laughs> but even with that it was it was okay because I have you know I had such a great support system with everybody I, I really did my husband was supportive my kids of course it just I I didn't really have to want of anything because everybody was trying to make sure that I was okay it's just and I of course like I'm trying to do more than what I should because I don't feel like I'm doing myself any good just laying down watching TV. So my husband would have to go to the store to do something and I'd get some laundry and do a load while he was gone. And he'd be like, the hell are you doing it? Doing laundry? I don't want you lifting anything. But I would just take a few pieces of clothing and, you know, just little at a time. It's just, I don't know. I had to do something. I couldn't just sit. Yeah. And it helps to be moving around. So I started, you know, going back, walking with you guys as soon as I could because I felt like that would help me also to recover faster. Yeah. Yeah. So operation went fine. The report out was like, how does it go? Does it like, what do they call it when it's like they cut it? Clear margins. Clear margins. That's what I was trying to say. Everything was good. uh They isolated it, took everything out, but they Mm -hmm. also took out both of your breasts, all that tissue, all that tissue. <laughs> and then <laughs> the sutured you up, yeah. put in expanders. Yeah, so I have for expanders. Reconstruction. So, but then um, in that too is drains, right? So they yeah, had to drains give drains. Drains are the worst, yes. Yeah. And I had my drains in for, I want to say it ended up being five weeks because they had to go in and do... Um, another surgery because on my right side, which is the cancer side, I ended up getting some necrosis. What's necrosis? So when the tissue starts dying, oh yeah, it was turning, it was turning dark. It wasn't a huge area, but it Uh was enough of an area where I thought, what the hell is this? Mm. Um, But yeah, he, they, and like I said, they're so good because you're looking at your doctors weekly and he saw it right away. He said, let's watch it, you know, in the next week. Let's have this. Because it could be bruising. It, it could, could be something be else where there's uh-huh. discoloration. But they wanted Correct. just to keep an eye on it to confirm that it was that before yeah. they did anything. Okay. And when they saw it again, they said, yeah, that's necrosis. So we're going to take this out next week. And so that 
on the right side, my left side drain got out like, I want to say at the third week. And I was so happy about that. But the right side, of course, because of um, they had to do a revision to get the necrosis out, I had to have that went in. The drain had to be in there longer, which was horrible, horrid, horrible. The, the only good thing, and I'm telling you, this is like the craziest thing. He didn't even have to put my that area in order to take the necrosis out. He didn't even have to give me a pain pill. I wasn't put under. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I had a feeling about what that. What was that so like? Ooh. <laughs> I didn't even hear anything. I didn't feel anything. I didn't hear anything. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. So if something were to happen like if i bump into something and cut it i won't even know oh my god it's crazy it's Ooh. crazy because I, I when he cut it i can see the expander underneath it Ew! i know because there's no there's no <laughs> tissue i'm like oh god and it was not like they were trying to let me see it Ew. but they have the big lights uh -huh. that reflect a little a bit little, so there's I like a see. little silver thing around it right yeah <laughs> so i can see what uh -huh. he's doing i'm like Ew. holy shit and then he even said are you watching it said, yes <laughs> yes i am <laughs> you're lucky i'm not recording this fool. <laughs> Yeah, I, would have. I, know. I think that would have been kind of crazy to see that. But yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing is crazy. But yeah. so all of this, I'm laughing about it right now. At the time, I was, was I crazy. thought it was okay. It was yeah. crazy. The whole idea is crazy. But this were you last scared week, with the necrosis? Sorry. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. I'm afraid of. Is that cancer too? Mm. Is, I know necrosis and cancer are two different things. So are things, you like but... cancer more like heightened and aware? Yes. Like is this cancer? Is this cancer? Is this cancer now yes. that you were before? Yes. Mm. So yes. I'm the psychological there, like, part. It is. It is emotional, mental. It's crazy. So this week though, I've been, I was telling you that I feel like it's a more of an emotional. Yeah. You know, uh, journey for me right well now. let's let's I think it's cool we can talk about that now I think what we wanted what I wanted to share was like the logistical part everything was done everything was cool there was the necrosis that happened it wasn't it didn't oh, yeah. feel like it and was life-threatening but it was no. still like a bump in the road yes. okay we plus, just need to get through that plus guess what I'm Ooh. lopsided with the expanders they had to take they had so many milliliters on each expander and because he was trying to make room on the right side to make sure that it wasn't stretched to the point where, you know, him putting the necrosis, cutting the necrosis part off and putting it together, he had to take some of the liquid out of that expander. So I was uh, freaking lopsided. Okay. So on top of everything else, yeah. I was lopsided. Oy. And again, I'm laughing now, but, and it was okay at the time. I wasn't, it's like cancer lopsided, who cares, right? Right. But this week, like I said, everything was getting to me. Yeah. It was just like... Well, so let's talk about that. So um, coming out of... I think... So as mom said, we were... Um, <clears throat> once she got to a point where she could start exercising again, because I'm, I'm now... Exercise like I do exercise. Walk. I well, was that's walking. Well, that's still exercise. <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm now, I'm now going on 30, <laughs> 30 weeks pregnant. And so my sister and my mom have really done a great job of keeping me moving, making sure that I'm getting my exercise in mm -hmm. daily. Um, and so during the time that mom was immediately recovering out of, after her surgery, she wasn't joining us. It was mostly just me and my sister. So, um, mom, once mom got back out, we were able to have 
you know, I didn't want to bother her during her recovery. I wanted her to stay rested, sleep, you know, whatever we need, mm-hmm. food, whatever we'll, we'll do whatever we got to do. So once mom was back out, it was our time to start like having conversations about the whole experience and how's it going? What did your doctor say? When's your next appointment? What, you know, what's, what's, what's next for us? You know, what, when do we find out about the results of biopsy treatment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I think at some point I asked you, you know, how do you feel about making the decision to do a double mastectomy, any regrets or anything like that? And you said, no, hell no. no. I'm so happy. I wanted the most aggressive way to battle this thing, make sure that I don't have it. I was fine with the decision that I made. Um, I wasn't in a, I mean, I was in pain, but not, I I don't know how to word it. I didn't want to cry about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not a pansy. (laughs) Okay. Is that stupid? Um... But I feel like I have a. Higher tolerance for pain. I'm sure. okay with some pain. I'm not trying to say. I didn't take any painkillers the whole time I took Tylenol from the get-go. That's all I took. And you want me to get an epidural? I do because I can't I can't handle somebody else in pain. Now, the biggest thing I can tell you is you need... I had the choice, though. I had gabapentin. I had oxycodone. I had... I don't know what the... Just fucking... I don't even know what these things are. But I didn't touch them because I didn't, I feel like for me, I need to know what's going on with my body. And if I'm taking those, you know, painkillers, if I really hurt myself, how am I going to know I did it? True. And it was, that, that was actually interesting that you came home and you're basically like, no, I just want to do Tylenol. Yeah. And it was like, uh. I know your sister was, <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't care. I need yeah. to. I'm fine. I a little bit for me is okay. I won't. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, "Oh, I'm in so much pain." <laughs> oh my god, mom! I have to mention this. I'm gonna go back just a smidgen, and we'll come back to the, you know, emotional psychological part. So when mom came out of surgery, I I was at her house waiting for her to come home. Um, Papa Steve drove her home from the hospital, and obviously, you know, when somebody's fresh out of an operation, they, they're still high off of drugs, whatever they're on. And, um, they're not moving very quickly. And so we had been at the house to help her get wherever she needed to go. But mom lays down on the bed and I'm like, mommy, you feeling all right? You're like, yeah. <laughs> but she looked pale. She looked like, she, like, uh, purple like I, almost like, like I went through like a mastectomy, breathing. double yeah. mastectomy. Like, but your skin color was not flesh toned. It was like uh, they put um, formaldehyde through you. Ugh. Yeah, it was very strange. And I was, like, Steve was like, "Oh no, no! The doctors gave us a heads up. That's the dye they used. It turns her That's skin." That's right. They said <laughs> that's the blue dye that they put in me. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well you want to hear something funny too i thought you were going the opposite direction of good i was like uh that's do you do it okay everything. is she nauseous so, so why course, is she that color when i go pee in blue know. when i went to the use number two it was blue yeah. i'm like what the hell is this shit what is this stuff that steve is putting in the toilet oh to keep my clean? god like, that oh. was trippy well that the other so thing trippy. your sister your sister told me because of course being a nurse she gets she's like throwing around the fact that she's a nurse so they've had her back there when i got out of surgery and she said the first thing that i asked was am i in heaven 
come out with? No idea. I don't remember saying those words. I don't at all. But your sister she said, was high. <laughs> I'm no. She said <laughs> your sister said actually that I was in pain. Oh. And they weren't doing anything about it. So she was trying to get a hold of somebody to make sure that because they have all kinds of things to help you. Um, but yeah. they were so busy that day. They were oh. so they just didn't have time for me. But like funny. I said, your sister was on top of it, though. No, 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 no. She doesn't need to be in any pain. Yeah. But I don't remember any of that. So That's by the so time funny. you guys saw me and by the time I got home, yeah, I was like, I, I must have been happy. Yeah, you were. I mean, it took you a while to get to where you needed to go. But it yeah. was funny. I was like, uh, guys, <laughs> this, this is normal. <laughs> yeah, Very strange. But everything went well. Glad the report out was mm-hmm. good. So now let's get to the other side. So when we were talking about, you know, your decision to have a double mastectomy and you said, no, I don't regret it. But you sort of, you know, at the beginning of this episode mentioned that you wish you would have thought about it a little longer. Go into that. Well, the only reason I say that is because this is a, it's, I mean, how else do it's, they chop off your breasts. It's just, I didn't put a lot of thought into it because I didn't think it was that big a deal, I guess. I have no nipples now. I'm not going to have nipples again. I have to make a decision on like if I want to do tattoos or if I just want to be the way it is. It's just, there's a lot more to that than just going, I don't care because <laughs> that's mm. what I thought. Who cares? It's not cancer. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Take mm-hmm. it out. I don't care. But now when I see the scars, when I look at how so everybody says, trust the process. I understand that at the end of this, it's all going to be looking a lot more normal, but it's not going to be the same, of course, but it is going to, they are working hard to make it look more normal. But this process that I'm going through is awful, awful. What's awful about it? it if you want to see it. No. <laughs> The scars are bad. Just the, the shape physical, of it is the bad. The physical impact it had on you. Yes. The... The fact that I have one side that is, you know, they took out some stuff. So it looks, it's all, I don't know how, it's like all, you have to see it to understand it, but it's all squishy. It's all like, it's all deformed. Mm. It's, 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 it's so ugly. It's Mm. so ugly. And it's hard to look at it as a female and not mm. get emotional about it for me anyway. And I didn't think I would because mm. I was ready for it. I saw the pictures. I, I knew that this could happen because there's plenty of people that report on necrosis. I was glad they caught it when they caught it because during COVID, it was a long time. You had something going on and they couldn't fit you in right away. Right yeah. now, I see my doctor just about weekly and if there's anything, they're going to catch it, yeah. you know, yeah. but during COVID, holy crap, people were waiting a long time and they had to use wound backs. And when they had necrosis and I didn't have to have any of that, all I did was cut out that piece. So I feel lucky. But mm. at the same time, when I actually look at it, because, you know, you're bandaged up. I would change the bandage, you know, but I wouldn't really pay attention to what it looks like. And now that I'm five weeks out, it's like, this looks horrible. I can't see how this is going to ever look semi-normal, but, but it's not cancer. Mm. That's what I keep trying to tell myself. But this emotional thing, looking at yourself, like, why are we putting women through this too? There's mm. got to be a better way. But well, men you know, get breast cancer too. Well, here's the thing. Yes, men get breast cancer also. 
I would rather they spend money on the kids, though. Mm. I wish they have protocols like they have for breast cancer, for children's cancers. Sure. There's so many different cancers, though. I don't know how they do it, but mm-hmm. these solid tumor cancers, that's different than the blood cancers. It's different than the tissue cancers. It's just, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but they have this down packed. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, this is, this is nothing compared to what I felt when the baby was going through. And that's me feeling it. Mm-hmm. But the emotional stuff that I went when the baby was going through it, ugh, just, ugh. So do you feel that your firsthand experience with the baby is sort of psyching you out of any level of like depression that you have with your own journey? Because you're like, I, I've seen worse. Well, maybe that's what helps me. But this week, I think it was more of the depression like I was sitting here, even Steve was like, yeah, you're going through it right now. Mm-hmm. So this week I felt more of the feeling sorry for myself. I'm feeling like if the baby had to go through anything near this, this is mm-hmm. awful, 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 awful. I don't wish that. I don't wish this on anybody, nobody, mm-hmm. especially not my grandchild. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's, even though I felt sorry for myself, the depression is because I'm looking at myself, how awful this stuff is. It just makes me think of the baby's journey and it just makes me sadder still Mm. that we went through this with a three-year-old. And I know some of our guests have been even younger than that, but to think that they had worse than what I went through it's just, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just too much. It's too much to ask our children to go through. As an adult, you know what? I could do this shit in a heartbeat. And if mm-hmm. I could, I would have done it for her. Absolutely. But Get in there's line. no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> there would have mm-hmm. been a line to do this for her. Mm-hmm. They're so tiny. They're so fragile. And then us putting this chemical concoction inside their systems that that I didn't even want to go through. That's why I chose this drastic thing, because I didn't want to go through that. Yeah. So, yeah, this this week has been a little... Why do you think it's this week, though? So this is going to be... This is going to be a little hard. I think it's because this is the holidays is always mm-hmm. a reminder of how the baby started mm-hmm. yesterday. Yesterday the third is also an angel anniversary for one of our friends, one of my friend's sons, and I kept thinking about his journey and their journey and just the things we put our kids through because we can't let go just hard you're not supposed to lose hope for our kids you you're not supposed to you have to keep battling you have to but gosh what we put our kids through and that's not saying 
and let me clarify what mom's trying to say there because I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. It's not that we are making the decision to put them through these things. It's no. that we don't have options. We don't have That's better it. options for them. Yes. It's that our options are limited to such shitty options yes. that That's the we don't thing. have a way out. And so, you know, we do our best to try to make the best decisions, but our, our options should be fucking better. That's what I would like, I guess. We need to spend more money on finding better ways to deal with this stuff the the stuff that we're doing right now is gosh it's like how do you weigh it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like this is the best way that they know of right now so that they have a chance to survive or they have a chance for another five years or and you're gonna take that chance i don't care you Mm -hmm. know you do whatever you have to do because you don't want to you still think like okay in five years maybe somebody's gonna find the cure for this so yes Mm -hmm. let's let's do whatever is needed in order for this child to Mm -hmm. to live we need to and then some i think part of it too is buying time it's It's going what we're doing is buying time if if Let's say one of these other trial runs, whatever um, clinical trials they're doing might yeah. have an outcome next week, right? Like, yes. how, can we buy this time just so we can get to next week so that we have somebody that figures that out? You know, yeah. so it's it's timing too. It's the options we have today, but also what options are to come, seeing how far we've come with breast cancer treatments and research. It's like, well, you know, the next thing you see in the news is like, oh, I think I saw one recently. It's like, oh, we have a a, th- a drug for Alzheimer's that's slowing down the progression. Yeah. So it's like that's could be our tomorrow. Have, yes. Have they still been alive? Uh-huh. Right. So it's it's sort of trying to figure out how we can get to get to a solution because right now our options suck. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's everything, of course, for us. The holidays are. You know, the beginning of our journey, right? Right after mm-hmm. Halloween was mm-hmm. like when the baby was diagnosed and then spending time in the hospitals every, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's what we were doing is living at the hospital. So this time period is really rough. Can we talk about Halloween really fast? Halloween? Yeah, sure. It's it's going to be short. So I've been anti-Halloween for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I've shared that. It's hard for me to see kids uh, dressed up. It's hard for me to see happy children. It's hard for me to see complete families mm-hmm. from what I can see. Cause like big, you know, my ignorance could be that they've also lost a child. I just don't know it. But for me, it's them still being able to participate in like this festive event. Um, but my husband and I being at this new house, we have construction going on outside, but I was like, you know what? I think I want to hand out candy this year. And I did. That's good. I'm kind of proud of myself for that. <laughs> I didn't do it alone. Um, my sister joined me and my husband joined me later. He had some work event. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was. See, that's going good. That's yeah. good because I didn't. I know. That's, <laughs> that's okay. why your sister came here. I know. I know. That's okay. But you're really busy. Your street gets real busy. So I don't blame you for not getting it. My oh, street no. is, is still is... new and I don't think there's a ton of people up there with yeah. kids. So it was mm-hmm. pretty light. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I know this, this time of year is when everything sort of starts. Halloween happens and then we get into her diagnosis um, the baby's diagnosis of early November. Now with mom's diagnosis, it's like double whammy, you mm-hmm. know, trying to get through, uh, this time. And then we had Thanksgiving, um, in November at the end of November, and then we're heading into Christmas. So you said that this, this week is tough because of the holidays are coming. Right. Because of everything, because, of, because of the holidays, because of, I look at what I'm going through because I could see my scars. I can, 
feel how weak I am. And, you know, I'm working on, you know, little weights. I can't do a lot, but I'm, you know, doing what the doctors recommend so that work on getting your range of motion back and all that. So I keep doing that. So I'm doing better. I think I'm doing better. But when I start thinking about what I'm doing to to be better and, you know, I start thinking about how all the stuff that we went through with the baby and all the stuff that everybody's had to go through in order to, you know, try to normalize, you know, the day or the holidays for them so that they could Mm -hmm. be happy and, you know, normalize the situation that you're in so that you can still celebrate the holidays because there's Mm -hmm. so many of us that end up in the hospital during birthdays and like I said, holidays. And it's like, fuck, how can that be normal? Yeah. Uh, and this is coming up. The holiday season is, is another reminder of uh, our loved ones absence yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, we've talked about this before in previous episodes of like, Oh, the holidays, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, because it's like, what do you, what are we going to do this year? What's yeah. that going to look like this year? Cause every year it could be different. And like, again, Halloween was different for me this year. It, it changed up a little bit and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, uh-huh. but we're still talking seven, seven years, seven years was, out. Yeah. And it's finally maybe shifting a little bit. Um, but that's not to say I'm not going to go back and revert to just not wanting to do anything. Right. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be allowed now having one of my own, but, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's this constant, like, um, we'll play it by ear. Cause we just don't know. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what that's going to look like. And if mom's super emotional, you know, are we going to even want to celebrate anything at mom's house? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's just respecting the space and respecting everyone's grief and going, okay, what makes sense for us this year? What, what do we want to do? Or what are we okay with yeah. doing this year? Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we sort of do that every year. It seems like, um, just because it's, we just, we don't know how we're going to be feeling at that time. Right. But so for now, you, it sounds like it's it's not going well. <laughs> no, because on top of everything else, now we, we're going to talk a little bit about the timeline. You moved out here. We were talking a little bit mm-hmm. in May. Mm-hmm. And then you found out you were pregnant. What month? Like a fucking month later. <laughs> and then in September, uh-huh. we're t- still talking 2022, I got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And then October, I have my breast cancer removed or uh-huh. my breast is removed. But the <laughs> the whole thing is... Why did it have to happen like this? I know. I mean, really, I get diagnosed with cancer now. Like, I have to, like, fight for my right as a grandma to be out. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, are we done with cancer yet? Jesus Christ. <sighs> Again, I, I don't have any problem being the person that has it. I, if I could take it away from my kids, of course. But what if you did? Didn't. What if you did? What? Because the baby already passed away. What if it was another one? No, no, stop. Because you're, you're, no. <laughs> I can't handle, I don't know what I would do, I swear. No, I'm not saying that another one is going to. I'm saying what if you got it because it was going to go to another one, but you got so, it instead. So I totally understand because when the baby first was diagnosed, I prayed to God. I pray, please (laughs) give it to me. Take it away from her. Give it to me. I don't have. And so when I first got diagnosed, I remember telling you, I prayed for this. Yeah. I prayed for this. Yeah. I don't want my kids having to go through this at all. Yes. So I understand what you're saying. I just feel like. I'm not justifying it. I'm not trying to. Why is this keep minimize your experience? No, no, no. I I totally get it. 
no, you're not minimizing my experience. You're basically voicing what I've been going through over my, you know, through in my mind all the time. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, for me, it makes sense. I'm, you know, I'm old. All right. I'd rather me than somebody else. Yes. And I'm still going through, you know, emotional ups and downs. Yes. But I'm an adult. I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I'm around for a while, though. I want to see your son grow up. So I I need to do everything I can. And that's what, you know, at least Steve is like, you know what? You, you've been on it. You've been going to, for your mammograms every mm-hmm, six months. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing everything like you're supposed to. Right, so. right. Yeah. <sighs> I know. <laughs> So it's been tough emotionally, not just being, not seeing like your physical body now mutilated, knowing there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel related to that, but also some reflection on what the baby went through Yeah, and your own journey. Yes. <sighs> anything we can do to, to help you with that? No, just don't take anything. If I... Just don't take anything personal that I say <laughs> because I'm apparently offending a lot of people when I talk. <laughs> Fuck Mom, off. Mom, our sheer existence Stop of talking. fucking offends people. <laughs> I'm just like, you, I don't want to hear anybody <laughs> telling me what I can or can't do. Just stop. Let me just, if I want it do a little laundry leave me alone if i want to eat ice cream leave me alone if i want to go outside and pet the dog leave me alone <laughs> and on the other hand i'm like don't leave me alone i need help <laughs> please I well can't. it's not that i want to be by myself because i'm not trying to isolate myself at sure. all just sure. don't say like you know ice cream's not the better choice for you right now you need to i want to eat talking okay i'm like you know what i want to go eat a steak you know you need to stay away from red Red meat meat. shut Uh up you know what you shouldn't be you know outside with the dog because she's 140 pounds she could hurt you shut up leave me alone i want to go outside just uh it's just i get it everybody's trying to everybody's concerned but guess what I'm going to do what I want anyway. I just won't do it in front of you. Aye, aye, aye. Shit, I can drive. You I can go to the to. store and get I everything know. I want. I know. I'm okay now because it's the, they don't want you driving if, you know, as long as you're like high on medication. <laughs> Why well, wasn't high on medication from the get go? But, but I mean, if you can't lift your arms too, you can't really still well, that's it, but the I can lift my arms yeah. now. Okay, yeah. Good. But <laughs> the main thing was they don't want you driving under the influence. And Absolutely I wasn't under not. the influence from from the, the beginning maybe yeah. at least the week or two to get rid of all the you know medications they gave me during surgery or whatever i i understand and i didn't i didn't drive that whole time but yeah. once people like i waited waited to because of course your sister a nurse she's trying to like okay you need to drink more water you need to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. eat vegetables and mm-hmm. fruits and let me what else can i do do you want some soup and i go okay she'd go to the store to buy all the stuff for soup and then i go to the store and get hot dog and make it, you know, you're eating a hot dog <laughs> like the worst thing you can eat because it's not just red meat but all the and i'm like yeah this one has no what is it that you have to look for that you can't have in in 
Remember we were trying to find hot dogs that didn't have it? Like nitrates yeah. or something? Yeah, so this one doesn't have nitrates, it's fine. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, let's get back. So what's the essential, or if you're willing to share it, what's, what's the outcome of your treatment and your uh, staging, all that stuff? So the staging part and the percentage part, I think it's all, it's all a blur to me. Everybody else, that's why it brings people out there. But uh, apparently I'm in the very low, low stage. And I want to say that's like one TA is what I remember. But I would have to look at my, my paperwork and see. But I'm telling you, I get this paperwork and I just put it off to the side. But so uh, the recommendation for me, again, is not chemotherapy, no chemotherapy, no radiation, but a hormone blocker. So it's called an aromatase inhibitor. So anastrozole is what they're (laughs) starting me on. Um, It's okay. So they tell you uh, arimidex is the name of the medicine you're going to take, but the generic form is the anastrozole. Okay. So what it does is it prevents... It stops the estrogen from forming, and mm-hmm. mine was um, estrogen-based. Okay. So I have a surgeon, I have a plastic surgeon, and I have a oncologist. Okay. The oncologist said, this is what I want you to try, and if you can't tolerate the symptoms, because, again, everything has side effects and symptoms, then stop using it and we'll talk in three months. Mm-hmm. It sounded like what my husband was telling me is that I'm close enough where that's not going to make a a whole lot of difference if I take it or not. Mm -hmm. But even if it's like a 5% difference, fuck, no, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. If the side effects are minimal, it gives me at least the five years because that's what they're telling me that I'll have to take it for five years. Now, I heard other... um, clinical trials that they're saying that they have people take it for 10 years Mm -hmm. and um, other clinical trials where they're saying that if the side effects are minimal, they can take it for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. because basically it could return. Now the, it could return in my lungs. It could return in my spine. It could return in my brain. Um, It's just, it's, because remember, for us, we started off in the kidney and it went into our spine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird to think that it could jump from one place to the other, but mm-hmm. it's basically it's traveling through your system. Mm-hmm. And so for me, being on the anastrozole will at least keep it at bay or it'll keep it from spreading mm-hmm. if, if they didn't catch it all. Because there's always this chance, no matter what, when they cut into you, that they're cutting into the cancer and they're spreading it because they don't know. They just don't know. They yeah. don't know how it, how it jumps from your breast. And all of a sudden it's, you know, in your kidney or in your mm-hmm. liver. Cause mm-hmm. I think it, I've heard of people say liver lungs. I think lungs are close, at least enough, close enough, but that it returns that it can spread to your brain. Yeesh. Oh my gosh. It's like, <sighs> So, and they just don't know. You hear people that have, like, they're in stage four and they're living 27 years. You right, know what I mean? Right. And then you hear people, like, in my phase, they're, like, stage one and it, they relapse and pass away before even five years right. old. So you just never know. And that's true. 
the percentages that they give you, like I said, I know they gave me a percentage and maybe a couple weeks ago I would have been able to repeat them. But today it's because I don't, there's no confidence in that. Yeah. Um, amen. Okay. So yeah. So either way, I feel like it's a different side of this cancer journey, but. What would you have to say to someone maybe in a similar position? That's like you're a few weeks in. What is your advice for them? Having someone they love have their own cancer journey and then they themselves getting cancer. What do you, what, any like words of wisdom for them going into it? You're stronger than you feel. Hmm. I was going to say suck it up, buttercup. But... <laughs> <laughs> some Mom! days, some days I feel like I have to just cry and it's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. But the next day I get up and start all over again. Yeah. Sorry. That was really funny, mom. <laughs> I appreciate your sense of humor. In well, it. the whole thing is, is that's how I felt from the get go. Yeah. When I sat there and I'm going, making these decisions and I'm right after surgery, I sat there and going, fuck, you know, my granddaughter went through this shit. Yeah. My surgery, I don't think was more than six hours. Hers was like 12, 13 hours. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. No, I, if really three and a half years old, I know I, going through this shit. No, I, no, I can do this three yeah. times over if I have to. Right. So yeah, no, I, it's not like I have to tell myself to suck it up. I sit there and going, what am I crying about? Mm. I'm still here. I I can make intelligent choices for myself. Sure. I don't have somebody. And I do have a, a team that's telling me, this is where you are. This is what we're recommending. I can look it up myself and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is the norm. This is what exactly yeah. most people are getting. And this is these are the, the side effects I have to look out for. And, you know, it's my choice. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that, mom. I know that your journey isn't over. It's just begun. You still have a long ways to go. Not to say that it's going to be a treacherous journey. I hope to whoever it is that's in power that it's not a treacherous journey from here and that it's a smooth, safe recovery. What, and yes, everything no, is easy, you hope but, for the best, but you prepare for the worst. Which sure. th that's all we've always said that. But at the same time, I sit here and I think it's okay. Whatever it is that happens, I'm not alone. And that's the the biggest help for me is that I know that I'm not alone. Good. You're not. No. New, and I don't want to be alone either. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Again, thank you for sharing all of that. And I'm sure we'll have some, some more check-ins on how you're doing, how maybe even reflecting on this time, being so emotional and yeah. being down the road and how time... How time changes everything. And I know that they say time heals all wounds. I don't know if I agree with that, but it definitely changes your perspective on things. Speaking of time, I think I'm hoping to get another episode in before the end of the year. And it's going to be a check-in. It's going to be a check-in with a guest we've had previously. How cool is that? I know, because then we'll get that perspective on time mm -hmm. and seeing how, how all that changes over time. Mm -hmm. So we'll look out for that. You know what I forgot to mention last time, Mom, What's when that? we were talking about um, February 14th? Hmm. My baby's going to be born, hopefully, if it, he stays cooking in there in 2023. I know. I love that idea. You didn't think about that, though? I mean, I... 
<laughs> no, I didn't realize it. Out. When you said February, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's 2023. Your sister and I talked about that. 2023. 2023 which yeah, means, the baby's going to be born in 2023. Which means the baby not only got that February 14th date right, but she's letting me know. This right? She's, 20, that's our number. Yeah. She planned this all along. But yep. She's, she's going to be around <laughs> no matter what. That's so crazy. Yeah. 23, I guess, is going to be our forever... However, forever golden nugget sign yes. that she's around. And I have, I'll have my own kid to remind me of that every, every year now. Every year. <laughs> anyway, mm. any other thoughts, mom, before we wrap this one up? No, not really. Just good luck, everybody. The holidays are here. I know it's emotional for everybody because you're missing your baby, but. We're with you. Our we're thoughts with are you. with you. Yes. We're sending you our love. Know that this time is hard. We get it, and we're thinking of you. Those that we haven't met yet, um, same thing. We know you're out there, and we just we hope the best for you to get through this time. And, and, and it's yeah. okay to be mad about it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right, Mom. I will catch you on <laughs> the next one. All right. All see right. you on the next one. Bye. Bye. I love you. Bye. 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 Bye.